When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones had just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately. He's got the handoff. You know who that's? The Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to recap day number three at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. This is the final day of practice. Then there's a day of rest. And of course, the game is coming up tomorrow. So let's bring in our friend Jordan DeLugo, who covers the draft for his website, thedraftjournal.com, and also covers the Jacksonville Jaguars for Generation Jag. And Jordan, before we get started with what's going on in Mobile, there were a couple of news and notes that I thought were interesting, including the team that you cover. But we'll get to that in a second. First, we'll talk about how the Giants have made a move at offensive coordinator Mike Kafka, who was with the Chiefs and before that the Eagles. He was an Andy Reid disciple, was the passing game coordinator with the Chiefs. He goes to the Giants. I think that's a pretty good hire there. I know the Jets were very high on him. Joe Douglas likes him a lot from his time in Philadelphia. Joe Brady goes to the Bills as the quarterback coach. Boy, what a difference a year makes. He goes from coaching Sam Darnold to coaching Josh Allen. So he replaces Ken Dorsey, who replaces Brian Dable as offensive coordinator. And the final note involves your Jacksonville Jaguars, Jordan. And it looks like Rick Spielman, the longtime general manager of the Minnesota Vikings, is going to be in a front office role with Jacksonville. The word is that he will be above Trent Baalke. I don't know exactly how this impacts the Jaguars' coaching search. Maybe this opens up something for somebody close to Spielman. So, Jordan, what do you think about these news and notes? And then, obviously, I'd love to get your thoughts on how this impacts the Jaguars' coaching search. Yeah, so Kafka, I mean, I remember this guy as a quarterback, right? Uh, coming out of Northwestern, he played for a while in the NFL, five years, um, bounced around for for a good amount of that time, didn't really stick anywhere. But like you said, he's been with 
uh, Andy Reid over in Cincy since 2017. So obviously anybody coming from that tree is going to be a hot hire. They haven't necessarily been all the best head coaches, but in terms of making him your offensive coordinator, absolutely I see that. And then you look at Joe Brady. He got a raw deal in Carolina. Happy to see him land on his feet back in the NFL with you know a much better situation coaching Josh Allen, like you said. And um, yeah, Rick Spielman looking like an EVP type of role, which is what he had in Minnesota as well. Uh, he was the EVP and the general manager there for a long time. I, I think it's pointing still to Doug Peterson, who has the same agency as um, Rick Spielman, and he's a guy that was rumored to be a strong candidate for the Vikings job, had Rick Spielman stayed in Minnesota. Uh, Mike Garofolo has been covering that story pretty well over for NFL Network. Uh, I think he's pretty much been on the money from what I can tell. It's looking like we're leaning towards Doug Peterson, but the fact that there has been no news on the Byron Leftwich front is still baffling and it still gives me some pause. So I think it's, it's looking like Peterson or Leftwich still, I would lean towards Peterson, especially if bulky is still involved in some capacity. With that said, let's talk senior bowl. And today, Trevor Penning, who we talked about yesterday as somebody that Joe Douglas had had some discussions with during practice in day number two, getting into some physical altercations. And this is not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, a lot of times the coaches like to see this kind of fire from players. But Penning continuing to have solid practices in addition to showing this type of fire in practice should only help his stock, I would think. Yeah, this is a guy, you saw it on tape too. Uh, he is just a mauler between the whistles and through the whistle. Uh, this is a guy that borders on the line uh, of playing kind of an unnecessary roughness brand of ball. Um, he's very strong. I mean, he's 6'6", 330 pounds. He's got long arms. Uh, he He loves playing offensive tackle. You can absolutely see that. He loves being physical. He loves driving guys into the dirt at the end of plays, sometimes after the whistle blows, as I mentioned. He's a tone setter, 100%. He's going to have to harness that energy, obviously, and not be costing his team with the penalties that he did sometimes draw in college. But if you can harness that energy, that aggressiveness, and that strength, he's going to be, like I said, just a tone setter, a very high-energy high effort offensive tackle that can really get the rest of the offensive line going. Another player that could help the offensive line with their blocking, even though he's not an offensive lineman, is Trey McBride, the tight end out of Colorado State. Talked about him yesterday, and he has gotten a lot of buzz with Jets fans. Had a comment when asked yesterday if he would fit with the Jets, and he said, yeah, he'd fit anywhere because he can do everything, and he's a winner, and he's continuing to show that today. Great hands, making every single catch imaginable. I still think that he's almost a shoo-in to be the first tight end off the board, but once again, showing what he can do in Mobile. I think he will be the first tight end off the board, and one thing I do want to make sure, because I know Jets fans are really excited about this guy, he is a good athlete, not an elite athlete at the tight end position. He is incredibly versatile. He is going to be able to run block for you, pass block for you. He's going to be able to line up all over the field, 
he is not an elite separator. He is a pretty good route runner. I have to give him credit for that. But this is not one of those Kyle Pitts um, type of athletes at the tight end position. And, of course, Kyle Pitts is a, a unicorn. But he's also not on the same level as guys like um, as the New England tight ends, um, Jonu Smith, you know, one of those type of athletes. That's not his game. He is a very versatile guy that will help you in the run game, pass blocking, and as a receiver. But he's not going to be that crazy fluid mover that you've seen from some of the tight ends as of late. But he's going to be a very effective a versatile, well-rounded tight end for a long time in the NFL. And like you said, he has elite hands. And you can't um, you can't underrate that when you're talking about a guy who's going to be going up for contested catches. Another tight end who has really shown what he can do, even though he missed day one of practice, is Coastal Carolina's Isaiah Likely, putting himself in that second-round range firmly. Another nice practice for him today. Likely the number two tight end. <laughs> Nicely done, Jordan. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see myself out. But <laughs> Isaiah Likely, he's a guy that I – he was on my radar before Trey McBride was because Coastal Carolina kind of had that crazy run last year where they were really, really dominating a lot of their season. Isaiah Likely was a big reason why. He's a glorified wide receiver. He'll give you effort as a blocker, but – his blocking, if you're going to leave him in line, leaves a lot to be desired. Um, so, yeah, he's a guy that absolutely fantastic athlete, more in that mold of some of the guys I mentioned earlier with the athleticism, the ability to separate, create mismatch problems. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of likely, but he's not going to be that versatile tight end that can do it all for you. He's going to be a receiving threat early on in his career. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Two wide receivers who have been making themselves known today in day number three. Christian Watson, the wide receiver out of North Dakota State. And then the other one is Khalil Shakir. Route running and hands both looking really good today. Tell me about what you've seen from those two. Uh, I was really happy to see Shakir kind of rebound from you know, weigh-ins and measurements, the 29-inch arms was obviously a big negative. You don't see a lot of outside receivers with that arm length. And people might think that's arbitrary, but you need to be able to go up and get the ball as an outside receiver. And if you have short arms, it makes it more difficult to do that. So uh, seeing him be able to separate underneath uh, all over the field, he's not going to be a big vertical threat at the next level, in my opinion. I don't think he has the speed and 
uh, explosiveness to be that type of guy. I think he, he probably should be drafted to be a slot receiver. And if he does play slot at the next level, I think he could be one of those guys that just wins consistently for you underneath um, a check down type of guy, a real nice safety valve over the middle, working towards the sideline, just creating separation in the short to intermediate areas of the field. Christian Watson, I think we talked about him already, 6'4", 211, runs incredibly well. He's starting to show that he can get in and out of his breaks a little bit better uh, than what I expected. So this is a guy that, like I said, 6'4", 211 with legit speed, excellent hands, and he's more technically refined than you would expect from a guy out of a small school. Of course, North Dakota State is a powerhouse uh, at this point in terms of not just what they're doing at that level, but in terms of some of the NFL prospects they've been producing over the last half decade or so. So it's not it shouldn't be a huge surprise that they could produce a guy like this, but Christian Watson I think is firmly – the best outside receiver prospect at Mobile this week. And I think he has a chance to end up round two, certainly in round three. But I, I do think he'll, he'll definitely be a day two pick. Jordan, we talked about Trey McBride before, and another feather in his cap is that he's the only guy at the Senior Bowl this week that seemed to get the better of Jalen Petrie, the outstanding safety out of Baylor. He's been all over the field. I don't know that he's going to go as high as somebody like Lewis Seen, but he is in consideration for the second or third round, and he has really helped his stock in Mobile. Yeah, he's a different type of guy than Lewis Seen. Seen's one of those just big, fast uh, prototypical, you know, off the bus type of safeties. Uh, Petrie is not that. He is a very good, in my opinion, probably nickel type of prospect uh, or dime type of prospect, a guy that you can line up close to the box, get him inside. He's physical, tough. Uh, he's quick. I just don't really see him as a true safety. Uh, in the traditional sense of the word, but he's a playmaker and he's a guy that if you get him in the right spot, which I think is going to be nickel, he can, he can be very effective for you at the next level. One receiver that we neglected to mention, but who I think is very interesting and he's made some nice plays down at the senior bowl, Romeo dubs, the wide receiver out of Nevada, six, two, he's got the ability to win 50, 50, very fast down the field. He can run those nine routes and I see him as potentially the player that the Jets thought they were getting when they drafted Denzel Mims had another big catch today in the end zone going one-on-one. He's somebody that could very well go in the second or third round, another potential target for the Jets. I see him more as a day three receiver because he's a bit of a one-trick pony at this point. I do like his ability to separate down the field, but I'm not sold on everything else so far uh, from Romeo Dubs. You know, he played with Carson Strong, who has a great arm. They had a huge connection with just being able to hit those nine routes consistently. I'm not sure that Dubs is a guy you want to come in and try to rely on in terms of being a complete receiver. But if you draft him to be a role player that can stretch the field and try to develop the rest of his game uh, over the first couple years of his career, I definitely could see that uh, being a good situation. But again, I think that's a day three pick. Two running backs that keep getting talked about in Mobile and both had really good practices day number three again. 
Tyler Batty, the running back out of Missouri. Not so sure that he's the guy that the Jets should want only because he's similar in size and skill set to Michael Carter. You need somebody who's bigger and more of a bruiser, I think, a power back. But still, he's really setting himself apart from the pack. And Damian Pierce, the thing that's interesting about him, we talked about this on the show yesterday, is that Florida didn't have one feature back. So these guys had limited opportunities to shine. But now that he's down there by himself, really having an excellent senior bowl, the running back out of Florida. So Damian Pierce and Tyler Batty continuing to do well in Mobile day number three. Yeah, Batty, I think, is Michael Carter light. He's a little bit smaller than Michael Carter, but a very similar game, maybe like a B-plus version of Michael Carter. And I know I told you before, I had Michael Carter as an early day two pick last year. I loved his game. Uh, Batty is very similar. So yeah, probably you don't want to have two of those guys that are in that same mold, you'd probably rather go get a guy like Damian Pierce who can be a bruiser, who can absolutely be a pass protector and a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield. He is wired the right way. Um, He is so physical. He is so energetic and he had one of the highlights of the day on day two of the senior bowl. Uh, picking up the App State linebacker and pass protection and just kind of dominating him throughout that rep. He got good initial contact, got up under the shoulder pads, and he he stuck with him, rolling to the right at first and then to the left and then finishing off back to the right as the linebacker was trying to escape his grasp, and he just couldn't. I think Damian Pierce absolutely should be in consideration for a midday two pick. Uh, I think he's a complete back, and I think he can be a starter in the NFL. Another player who has done very, very well down in Mobile this week, continued day number three, Terry and Winfrey out of Oklahoma. Yeah, he blew up day two. I mean, unstoppable. He's a guy that coming into the Senior Bowl, not a lot of hype. Uh, At Oklahoma, he wasn't really asked to be a three-tech Uh, a gap penetrator type of guy. He was more of a one uh, nose guard, just kind of lining up over the center and trying to take up space. But um, given the right role, which I think you've seen him in here at the senior bowl, he's a guy that is very quick, very strong, and he he's explosive. He's tough for those interior offensive linemen to stop when he, he's just being asked to pin his ears back and penetrate. You've seen it the last couple of days. I don't think anybody has been more dominant over the last two days of the Senior Bowl than Perry and Winfrey. I think that you may want to revise that statement, Jordan, because I think there has been somebody that's been more dominant than Perry and Winfrey. I'm telling you, Jermaine Johnson uh-huh. has not been better the last two days than Winfrey. Nobody has, but I love Jermaine Johnson. He has been dominant as well. So let's talk about him because I know you want to. I don't want to deprive you of that opportunity. He didn't practice today, but he dominated the first two days. And the thing about him that's interesting is 6'5", 260. We know what he put on tape at Florida State. But when you see him up close, my goodness, he is fast. He's got tremendous technique. The size is there. It's not like it's inflated. And look at the moves that he has been putting on against these guys. And we're not talking about scrubs. We're talking about guys he's going up against that are going to be probably second, third round picks. These are really good players, and he is just crushing everyone. Yeah, he's the best player at the Senior Bowl. It's pretty clear. And 
if you're taking a, a look at the entire three-day picture, absolutely the most dominant player that has been there. He's not a one-year wonder because he was incredibly productive at Independence Community College, right? And he was one of the top JUCO type of guys coming out. And then when he got to Georgia, it was a crowded room. In 2020, he did rotate, and he did pick up five sacks in 2020. Then he transfers over to Florida State to be that full-time starter and absolutely crushes it. And he's even showing more uh, pass rush, uh, more of his pass rush toolbox, I should say, here in Mobile. He's got the inside spin, the outside spin, the bull. He can work his hands independently in defeating the offensive tackle. I mean – Total package, and he's an edge setter. He is not going to need to come off the field on early downs. He's going to be effective for you no matter the situation that your defense is in. I think, like I said, he needs to go, in my opinion, in the top 15 of this draft. I think he will go in the teens after this week and after what he'll end up doing at the combine athletically. I can't say enough about him. A guy who couldn't – he couldn't qualify for scholarships out of high school because of the grades works his ass off at independence gets to Georgia, then transfers over to Florida state to become a leader. And he, he is exactly that. He's a leader. He's a tone setter, a difference maker, high energy guy. And I just can't say enough positive things about him. I think all said and done, he's going to end up going top 20, possibly even top 15. And I would not be surprised at all if he ends up being in consideration for the Jets with that 10th pick or even if they slide down a bit, depending on what they do at number four. Obviously, if Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson somehow falls to four and they pick one of those guys, different story. But if they go a different direction at number four... With that second pick in the first round, I would not be surprised at all if Jermaine Johnson is one of the targets. Like you said, incredibly well-rounded, can do everything. He's a real leader. The only slight downside with him is that he's 23 years old. You ideally want the younger guys, but Jermaine Johnson, a fresh spry 23, and can do everything on the field at one of the most important positions and a position that the Jets very desperately need. If he was not as well-developed as he is, you could look at being 23 as an issue. Like Bernard Raymond, the tackle um, from Central Michigan, he's a guy that's going to be 25 this year, and he is incredibly raw. That is an issue. But Jermaine Johnson is not raw in any Mm -hmm. sense of the word. So 23, fully ready to go. Uh, I don't think there's any issue with that. And he's a high ceiling player. With Jermaine Johnson, he could really be a tremendous player at the NFL level. For as good as he's been, it feels like there's a lot more that could be fleshed out despite how developed he is, that there's only upward for him to go at this point. I would say high floor, but also high ceiling, and that's a rare combination. When you talk about a guy like George Karloftis, you say high floor but low ceiling. I think that's what separates Jermaine Johnson from Karloftis, although I do like Karloftis too. Last order of business, Jordan, before we run, I wanted to ask you if there were any players that were under the radar that we maybe haven't mentioned much or haven't gotten a lot of talk that you wanted to bring up that you saw stand out a little bit more than some people thought or guys that perhaps fans really want to keep an eye on on Saturday when the game is on television. Yeah, Bo Melton, he's a receiver out of Rutgers. He kind of looks like he would be 
one of those small slot superstar type guys. But then you look at his uh, his measurables. He's 5'11", over 190. I think he's got great speed, quickness. He's been creating separation. He might be a guy that can win on the outside at the next level with his uh, physical ability and his stature. And I think he's a guy to keep an eye on as someone who might be a starting receiver in the NFL, but probably is a day three type of guy. And uh, there's several, I mean, there's a ton of guys we can talk about here. Luke Fortner, the center out of Kentucky. He hasn't been getting as much buzz as Cole Turner because Cole Turner is the small school guy from Chattanooga. Everyone's excited about that, trying to compare him to Quinn Miners. Luke Fortner has been, in my opinion, much more consistent at center than Cole Turner. And he's a guy to keep an eye on as a potential starter at the next level as well. Jordan DeLugo, our friend who covers the draft over on his website, thedraftjournal.com, also covers the Jaguars for Generation Jag. So he's got his hands full right now because there's a lot going on with the draft and the Senior Bowl. And, of course, the Jaguars situation is fluid. So he is on high alert 24-7. Really glad that he could take some time to talk through day number three of the Senior Bowl with me. Tell everybody how they can check out your work with the Jaguars. Check out thedraftjournal.com and what you've got up there and how they can follow you on social media. Yeah, the easiest way to find all of it is just my Twitter, at Jordan DeLugo. But of course, you can follow Generation Jaguar, at Generation Jag, the Draft Journal, at the Draft Journal. And Generation Jaguar is genjag.com. And then the Draft Journal is just thedraftjournal.com. That's where you can find all my all my fun stuff that I've been uh, grinding through the last few weeks. It's been... Like you said, it's been a whirlwind. We are on high alert. It seems like there's got to be an announcement coming soon on the Jaguars coaching slash uh, potential Rick Spielman EVP front. So, yeah, high alert here. We're also looking for houses. My dog's over here whining at me, so it's, it's been a heck of a time. <laughs> a lot going on for Jordan, so check out his work. He is certainly putting a lot of it out there right now, and it's all first class. So read it and follow him on social media. And also check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some great videos up there, including Trey McBride, the fantastic tight end out of Colorado State, who we talked about before. So many great videos on our channel. Watch them all. Subscribe if you haven't already. Check out our store at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo. Logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there. Tpublic.com, that's T-E-E-Public.com. And make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. <laughs>